0: Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Thanking you again for an awesome day that you've given us, another day, Lord God, that we could gather in your name, that we could have a heart that is open towards you right now, Lord God, as you break the bread of life to us and with us. We pray, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts. Let every man be a liar and and your word be true, Lord God, as it stands up and reigns in our life on today. Lord God, let us remove everything that is not like you, Lord God. We cast it down in the name of Jesus right now that we may be able to receive your word, not for what we needed or wanted to be for ourselves, Lord God, but for what that exactly that you are sending it from on high to do, to accomplish in our lives. And all the saints of God say amen, amen, and amen. All right, if you will, turn your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and what we're going to do is we're just going to allow God to speak to our hearts as he did on last week. We're just going to continue our journey uh, in there, so I guess we could call this uh, the title of the message as it was last week, uh, what is your life, then we'll call this what is your life part two uh, in there, amen? amen? What is your life part two? Amen. So with that being said, in First Chronicles chapter 29, as you get there, uh, just wanted to remind us uh, in a quick review of that which God spoke to our hearts on last week. You know, what is your life? And God spoke to us in, in the first thing that He revealed to us, or the biggest thing out of this, is He reminded us that our lives is not more than a vapor. Come on, somebody. Yes. A vapor. And, 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 and Him speaking that to us, then it was a reflection of the time that we have here on earth. That from our birth, and is He, uh, what is life in the vapor that uh, First Chronicles chapter 29. And we'll start at verse uh, 14, that, 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 that the writer is speaking of, as he talks about our lives, is, is, he's only, it's not about the origin of our lives, remember he talked about that, it's not about the essence of our life. But here, when he talks about what is your life, and in in that it being a vapor, he's speaking to uh, life as it pertains to you as an individual from birth unto death. That that vapor represents your birth date to your death date, and everything in between, and as it pertains to or measures up against eternity and God Himself, our time is just a handbreadth, is what He said, and we found out what that means. That's the measurement from your thumb to your the end of your pinky finger, uh, just as a, a picture or or type that it's only a short period of time, my friends. And God really wants to speak to our hearts and continue this journey that we're on, all that he's sharing with us, because what we have to understand more than anything, if we don't get an understanding of this more than anything, then we'll continue to go through life, through the ups and downs, seeking, uh, you know, at times what God wants in our lives, and other times seeking what we want from God in our lives. It would be more, nothing more than a roller coaster. But God is one to knock on the door of our hearts and bring forth a reality because the life is not easy. Yes. We know that. Matter of fact, it's a hard thing. But if without the proper perspective and the proper understanding as from God's perspective as to what life is, then we can go on living this life and find out at the end of our days or when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that we did not live it for him in there. And so just, and that was the whole essence of last week's message is God drawing our attention and bringing forth in our understanding. God has an urgency as we talked about this on this morning. God was revealing early this morning as we said before the Lord that there's an urgency that God has. I'm not talking about the urgency that we have because that is here today and gone tomorrow. But God has an urgency for a time such as this. And what he was speaking to us on this morning is that if we look at what's happening in the body of Christ, you know, as it pertains to uh, godly things in the world uh, altogether, that what is happening is we see nothing more than a continuation of what has happened in the past. That the people of God, even God's chosen people, those that he called out, you know, to, at times that their heart was turned towards him, and then other times their heart was turned away from them. This is why he says even in the same book that if my people who are called by my name yes. would uh, humble themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways and all of these things that he could do what? Then he would heal their land. Yes. He would hear from heaven and be able to heal their land. land. So this is not new under the sun. And this is the same picture that we see right now, even that the world, of course, but even the people, the church. The church is so much at a point now that we're living for ourselves and what we want and need uh, from God more than his will. So we are living in our will more than his will. And here we are yet again. God is faced with the same situation by church will humble themselves. Yes. Begin to seek my face for what this time and what it's really all about in there and turn from their will and turn to my will. Man, then I will be able to hear from heaven. And we, so, and this has happened with the, the chosen people, the church it has been happening throughout the history uh, over and over again. And yet we are here once again. And this is the urgency in the body of Christ. You know, some of you guys know that because some of you uh, have been other places. Some of you have visited other places. And I ain't just talking about that this is the church. I'm talking about you've been around the body of Christ in there. And you didn't heard some of the messages that's being preached. A lot of it is just for itch ear purposes, my friend. Come on, somebody. You know, to, to the point where the word of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Word of God and the truth of His word is not being preached every, everywhere that you go. in there. A lot of it is pointed to man being lifted up in man's will,, you know, God's uh, seeking God to, to do His will. Believing in God, even loving God, but the problem is, is are we looking to do the will of God? Or are we looking for God to do our will is what it really boils down to in there. And so today, God is really wanting to bring about an awareness in the church. And it starts with us being able to understand the value of our days. And that's what he spoke to us about. If we understand that, the, that our days is just a vapor, then we can begin to link to that the real need to value one day at a time. Hypothetically speaking, if God told you that you was going to be leaving this place in one week, I guarantee you, you, regardless of what you've done in the past, you will begin to value the days that you got left in there. So here, in, uh, look at this then, and we'll just move right into it. First Chronicles chapter 29, and verse 14, says, and this is David, he says, But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you. And your, and excuse me, and of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you. As we were all, as we all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Oh Lord, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hands and all your own. I now, excuse me, I know also, my God, that you test the hearts and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now, with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to uh, to offer willingly to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our fathers, Keep these forever in the tent of the thoughts of the hearts of your people and fix their hearts towards you. I'll stop right there. Here, just as a background, what we are seeing here is, if you read through the whole story, and we talked about this on last week, is that David is at the end of his life uh, in there. And he's come to an understanding to realize that the first and foremost, that his days was uh, is just as a, a vapor, that his days are measured, that our time here on earth, as he says in verse 15, uh, that our time here on earth is as a shadow without hope in there. And he comes to realize that in, in this period of time, that man, my days have started, and they gone quickly. But in that, he has a heart for God, and what he sees now is he's given his heart that he, he, he blessed the... If you back up, you'll see that he blessed the people. He blessed the Lord in the presence of the assembly in there. And he was not ashamed to bless the Lord. And not only did he, was he not ashamed to bless the Lord, but he exalted the people to bless the Lord. And, and what he was blessing the Lord for is that he... They had gathered all of this, and if you continue to read, they had gathered all kinds of gold, silver, iron, and everything else to build the, the temple of the Lord, the house of the Lord in there. And we, if you know the story, David was not allowed to build the temple. It was his son, Solomon, that would actually build the temple, but he had gathered all of this, uh, the goods. And not only gave of himself did he give all of these goods, but the people were willingly, and that's the, the point here uh, in the Chronicles, is that the people were willingly, ga- they had gathered all of this stuff, more than 10%. They had gathered in abundance, and it wasn't, a, and they did it from the bottom of their hearts. This was the beautiful part about it, that they had gathered and they was willing, willingly to give in, for the work of the uh, building the, the temple. And, and, and how does this speak to us today? It's the work of the Lord. Are you willing to give? And this ain't, yo. Know, the challenge that God is challenging us with it, it, and it's linked to the, us understanding the value of our day. So this is where the bridge is today because what we're going to be talking about today is stewardship, being a good steward. And the good steward that we're talking about, it ain't pertaining to just money. Yes, we got to be good stewards of that which God gives us financially, but there's so much more about the kingdom of God that God has called us to steward Over and to be a good stewardship. And in order for us to be the proper stewards, then the first thing that has to happen is that we have to understand the value of the time that God has given us here. This vapor that he speaks of uh, in our life and what he speaks of is the time, again, I'll say it, from our birth to our death. It's uh, for each and every one of us, we can't go back and change tomorrow. So really, what is this speaking to us about, Lariah? It's speaking to us about the fact of, of today and for the rest of our days. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? We talked about this last week out of 1 uh, 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 Corinthians chapter uh, 5. Or well, actually, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, where it talks about that those of us who live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us. This is what uh, the place that we have to come to an understanding is that if you have a reservation in eternity and the reservation that you have in eternity is not one that you made it's one that God has made because you have accepted his way of salvation so if you have been redeemed if you have been saved if you have been washed in the blood of the lamb if you have any hopes of being with God or in his presence when this is all over with then God has made that reservation if we put our trust in, in the Lord. Yes. If we've confessed with our mouth and believed in our heart that Jesus is the Lord. Amen? Yes. If we've done it the way God says, if we've done it to the satisfaction of him, that's it. Then what we know salvation to be is a confession that, uh, in a place that we come to terms in our heart, but then we know that this salvation and redemption is what God does. Is something that he does, amen? So we're just catching up right here. This is all important because when you know that when God has saved you and he's the one that redeemed you, then he's the one that have made your reservations in eternity with him. And when God makes the reservation that ain't here again, you'd have heard this before, then you ain't the one that calls up to cancel the reservation. He's the one that in First Peter, he says that he is the one that keeps the reservation. That he is reserved for you in the heavenly places, and this is good news, my friends, because just as it's already been prayed, so it ain't based on how uh, many times you fall down, do you get your lose your reservation, have to re, and, and has to do, and God has to make it again. See, that's what the blood of Christ Jesus did; it covered and it removed all of our transgression. Yes, thank you. That when God makes the reservation, then He didn't have to worry about trying to rebook it. At some later date, because you messed up, because you made a mistake, you know, in there. That's that's that way we deal with one another. God is not like how we deal with one another, my friend. So, in all in all, and yes, it takes us understanding the value of our days, the measurement of our days is what the Psalms say, and how they speak about it. The measurement of our days, the value of of our days this keeps ringing can you turn something down there it's echoing behind us but in that is the only thing that will lead us to the place where God wants to speak to us today about it, and that is how to use our time here what uh, the usage of our time how to steward that he's given us a stewardship over the time that we have left here I have a handout that I want to pass out uh, to everybody on this morning. Can I get some help here? There you go. There you go. Make sure everybody get one of these. Stewardship. Now that we understand the value or beginning to understand that that there's real value in the time in our lives, in our life again, this life that he's talking about is now until the end of your days. It's actually talking about from your birth, but it's certainly talking about when the day that you've been redeemed Because in the day that you've been redeemed, the day of your salvation is the day that you, uh, as we sing the songs, that you have what? That you give my life away. This is the day that you yield our lives over to the control of the God himself. Come on, somebody. Is is that what salvation is all about? The, the, The Bible says that we've been bought with a price or bought at a price. Do you realize that you do not belong to yourself anymore as you have gotten your reservation in the heavenlies? And the fact that you don't belong to yourself no more, meaning that the, from this time till your, the end of your time, that it don't belong to you no more. That's what all it simply means. That in, in you, and we come in an agreement with God that for me to spend eternity with you, that I'll give you this time, Did you know that that's what the commitment that you made. When you accepted Jesus as your uh, Savior and Lord? Oh, come on, somebody. Wow. Is is that what I, the the contract I signed, is that what I bought into? Yes, my friend. You traded this time off for eternity with him. See, somebody's saying, wait a minute, that wasn't explained to me in the contract very good. Well, here is new. Well, my friend, I'll tell you like this. The Bible says it, uh, and He assures us of, us of the same fact that this time is not worthy to be compared to the time that we're going to spend with Him. Yes. It do not measure up. So, whether you totally understood that or not, then you made the right decision to give your uh, life over to the Lord. But now, having made that decision, and, and now gaining the right understanding, then. God has called us to a place of stewardship. The, to, and, and what stewardship is, is this. Stewardship is perhaps the Bible's most clear, clearly explained and established person, purpose for the human race. I'm going to say that again. Our stewardship, now that we belong to him, is one of the most clearest, explained is clearly. It's clearer than anything else explained in, in, uh, in the word of God for our time that we have left here. Now, man have actually taken what God has made very clear, and we've tried to twist it for our own benefit, yeah. which is foolish. Come on, somebody. Right. It's really foolish, but the, the Bible is very clear, and it gives a clear explanation and it establishes the pur- purpose for us as redeemed believers for the rest of our time here. It's stewardship is, is, is what it's all about. And, and while it is the vocation of all humans, or all of humanity, it's beautiful in its broadness, broad enough in scope that it allows individual calling and creativity, I ain't even going to concentrate on that because the next statement says this, a steward is a representative, a manager, someone who stands in for an authority figure. I'm going to say that again. Stewardship is a a steward, is a representative, a manager, someone who stands in for the authority figure. So we stand in, we are standing in for the authority figure with our time here as we have it, from now until we leave this place. Come on, somebody. And the greatest example of that is uh, one of the great examples of that is found in Matthew chapter 25. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to talk about this. And as you turn your Bibles there, steward's overall responsibility. Is to carry out the will of his or her master or boss. A steward's overall responsibility is to do what? Is to carry out the will of the his or her boss. Who is our boss? Y'all, who is our boss? God. Amen. So, guess what? As a steward of God, of the of the kingdom of God then guess what? Our responsibility is to carry out our will or his will? His will. And while the steward may have some freedom you know, to act in, in, in that broad parameter we talked about uh, in there, or, or, or it, it could be given specific um, details as to what to act out. And in our case, As God is our father, he's given us, what, specific details in how to walk this thing out. Are you with me? Are you with me today? Because this is a serious thing, my friends. And here's the thing that I want to say before we just look at this uh, last part of it. The person, that's you or me, is expected to faithfully carry out his or her duty just as the master would. As a steward, we are expected to carry out faithfully the task that we've been given just as Jesus would or did in this case. God is really challenging us. He's calling us beyond this life of living for ourselves, my friend, but truly, as it says in His Word, that as, as His redeemed, that those that are of, that have been raised with Christ Jesus, that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for Him who died for us. So we can't continue to live like we've been living. We can, can't continue to do like we've been doing. Been doing. If we you truly, this ain't see, and this is the good news uh, for 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 us. And maybe bad for some. See uh, what we thought in the past is that this uh, stewardship and this ministry stuff was just for the preacher. No, this is a responsibility for everyone that has a reservation yes. with God for eternity. Yes. That God has given you uh, uh, specific instructions, and it's very and it's the clearest thing in His Word for you to live out the rest of your days for the kingdom of God. Not your will, but his will be done. This is the same thing that Jesus demonstrated and not just Jesus, but every one of the apostles all the way unto death, that they turned away from their will in order to do the will of God. And this is what we've called to in a time such as this. This is what the heart of God is screaming out for in the body of Christ right now. If my people could hear my voice and if they would humble themselves Turn from their wicked ways, and the wicked ways is what? The wicked ways is simply their will and their way, and not his will and his way. And the question is for you and me today, are we stewards of the Most High God? Are we using the time that we have this vapor, this small amount of time that you have, the measurement of your days, are do you really understand them? Because again, like I said, if God t- uh, hypothetically told you you was leaving this place Uh, Come next Wednesday, I guarantee you, then we would become stewards very quickly. The reality of this was set in very fast, my friend. And what God was, what the word of God, the psalmist, David himself, even in Psalms 39, in there, what he was trying to get us to understand and what he came to understand is that the, the, the measurement of his days was like a vapor. And he understood, he came to understand that, man, this time of vapor is what? It's something that's here in a moment and gone the next. That this time goes by very quickly, my friend. And you don't want to look back over your life when you have to stand before Christ and the vapor is gone and you didn't waste your time. That you have not used the stewardship. You have not been a good steward at all. And this good steward or stewardship period, it it really boils down to not just, again, uh, it's not just about the money. The example we're going to look at here in Matthew chapter 25 uh, is a representation of talents, which is a representation of money. But this goes way beyond that. This is talking about our life and our health. It's talking about our time and our talents. It's talking about our treasures and our spiritual gifts. And it's talking about the given ability that God has given us. And see, in the Chronicles, what, what, what uh, David came to understand when he talked about that they w- were willing to give all that they had or all of these things back because they knew it was the Lord's. This ain't just, again, a representation of money, but your talent, your spiritual gift, your abilities. Have come to you and it's been given to you by the Lord. Yes. And when we don't understand that, your intellect, your talent, your ability that you have went to school and graduated and, and, and the things that you are good at doing, it all came from the Lord. Yes. You know, I know because we work uh, diligently to do homework or we work diligently to work out to be a good athlete or whatever the situation is, then. You know, the only thing that we focus on is uh, what we did. But the fact of the matter is, is you couldn't have did none of it if God didn't give it to you. And it's high time that we really begin to understand that, my friend. In order truly for all of this to fall in line, we have to come to a real, I'm talking about a real uh, foundational understanding that our time here is a vapor and all that we have come from the Lord. And not only did it come from the Lord, it belongs to him. And as a steward of what God has entrusted us with, what he's given me and you. See, now we've been trapped. Because what a steward is, is that that which God has given him, that he uses it for what? For himself? No, that he uses it for the glory of the one that gives it. See, a steward don't, uh, that which he's been entrusted with ain't his. It belongs to the master. He's been given the responsibility to uh, represent and manage it. For a time. So your abilities, your talent, your spiritual gifts, they don't belong to you. They've been given to you to manage and represent for a period of time. But for too, far too long, we the church, we, didn't, we think we own something. And we've treated it like with our own ownership, we didn't treat it as a representative for the master. Let's look at the story in, 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 in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. This is the parable that Jesus told of the talents. This is a beautiful thing because uh now no, we ain't gonna be screaming and shouting here today, but the thing about it is, is if you hear what thus saith the Spirit of the Lord, it's gonna touch your heart in order to change your, your heart. It says for the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 25, verse 14. It's like a man traveling to a far country, alien, pilgrims. What did David say that we are here? That we are like as pilgrims in a foreign land. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who calls his own servants and delivers his goods to them. Who calls his own servants, that's you and me, and deliver his goods to them. This is the spiritual gifts that you got. This is the talents that you got. This is the life that you have. This is the health that you have. Even your health belongs to the Lord. It says in verse 15, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to uh, another he gave one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he uh, who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came to settle accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five additional talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained you five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, for you were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joys of the Lord. He who also had two talents, came and said, Lord, you have delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more uh, besides them. And his Lord said to him also, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Then finally in verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours And he, uh, to give him the one talent. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown. You knew that I gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited at least my money into a bank and, admit, uh, and at my coming that I will receive back my own plus interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents for to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. but from him who does not have even what he has, will be taken away and cast the unprofitable, and he cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here in the parable, understand this, my friend. You know, the real idea here, I know uh, many have read this and, and we concentrate on certain parts of it, but the real idea here as it pertains to stewardship is that God has given each and every one of us uh, talents and the talents here again ain't just referring to money, even though this was. This is referring to the ability that he's given you. These, this is re, uh, referring to the health that he's given you. This is re, uh, referring to the spiritual gift. This is re, uh, referring to the time that he's given us. And if we take that time and use it for ourselves and not for the kingdom of God, then my friend, we have done God no service at all. We have been terrible stewards over that which God has given us. And our only responsibility for being here and for the time that we have left here is to, uh, to use, be used by God. And this may seem like a simple message, man, but the truth of the matter is, is how much of our life are we actually living accordingly? How much of our life are we spending using for ourselves and expecting God to, to uh, put a stamp on that either? Or how much of our time are we actually really yielding our life over to the work of the kingdom as he is giving off all of these things? So some of us, you know, I want us, God, please, help us to really think about this because this is life-changing if we really think about what's happening here because some of you are good at certain things. You didn't just develop that, my friend. That's God-given. Yes. And in the certain things that you're good at, and, uh, that we can make money off of, that we can do this, and that we can help others off of, all of that, fine and dandy. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't realize that God has given you this, and, not in the, and that he's given to you, it don't belong to you. It's for the use of the kingdom. Yes. And many of us is taking what God has given us instead of using it for the kingdom, we're using it for the world. We're using it for ourselves and to promote the things of the world. We've taken what God has given and we're using it for, you know, uh, for something that's totally outside of that. That's an abomination to the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? And God has wanting us to have a clear understanding right now, today, that we don't leave this place uh, the same. That, but seriously, that we begin to take a true look. It says, anything the master gives to the steward becomes the individual's responsibility to manage for the master's pleasure. Anything that the master gives to the steward Becomes the, ma- the individual, It now is your individual, our individual responsibility to manage for the master's pleasure. King David understood this, that very thing, uh, that man's possession in life has been given to him by God. That's what uh, Chronicles is referring to. That he understood that uh, in the Chronicles, this is what he said, that all of this belongs to you, Lord. And here in the later, latter parts of his life, he began to understand that man, that truly, and this is what God is wanting to appeal to you. Do you really understand that all that, that you have in life is God given? Yes. See, because until we really understand that, then for most of us, uh, you know, we'll have the notion somehow that we earned something. that And I get it, I know that we did some work. But without the true understanding, see, that's the problem because we, had, we did some work that caused us to have, get some things that we, we can de- detest That from the understanding that it's God yes. that gave us these things. Yes. It's the same thing that we was talking about in the call to worship this morning. That, do you understand that it was God that woke you up this morning? It, uh, not just because you, uh, you, something that you did. It's God that gave us the breath that you breathe this morning. Yes. Because somebody went to sleep last night that didn't wake up this morning because God didn't give it to them. But see, we can easily take this stuff for granted because we woke up this morning and not attribute it to the Lord. And even some of us, we may say, thank you, Lord, but we just it's, it becomes a routine of saying that because we know that we should thank him. But do you really understand when you say, thank you, Lord, what you thanking him for? Do you really understand the value that I'm thanking you, Lord, really because I valued it? If you didn't give me my next breath, I wouldn't have it. Honestly. Then I'd be sucking, you know, uh, you know, trying to gasp for air. If it wasn't you that's giving it to me right now. So we, and we take breaths one after the other. And, and if we really understood that, then we can every breath that we take, then it would be a thanksgiving unto God. It would just be a constant thanks unto the Lord if we really understood the truth. But it's so easy for us to take these things for granted. So therefore, everything that we have, it comes by the manifold grace of God is what it, it truly is. And that's the part that we, I'm saying, do we really understand? And the manifold grace of God is to be managed by his people as good stewards of that grace. The grace that he's given us is, is to be managed. You know, uh, uh, we are to manage it as good stewards of his grace. That's what 1 Peter chapter 4 says. Turn there and we'll be getting ready to close right here. 1 Peter chapter 4. See, this by the manifold grace that's been given unto us, it's been given unto us with a a responsibility to manage it by giving it and sharing it with someone else. In 1 Peter 4, 10, it says, as each one has received a gift Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one of us have received a gift. First Peter four, 10. As good stewards. I mean, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has given us the manifold grace. Now, what kind of stewards are we of that grace? What kind of stewards have we been? Of the manifold grace of God that has been given to each and every one of us as he made our reservation, he's given us an uh, 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 an endowment of the manifold grace. He's entrusted us with his grace. Do you understand what is being said? That as God, as as he made your reservation, that he says, come by here and I'm going to give you a package. In this package, I'm giving it to you. I need you to manage it because I need it to go out to others. And I'm entrusting you with it that you would share it with others. And then sharing it with others, you ain't sharing them. You, you sharing them. Me, it's me that you share. Yeah. And it's crazy because now that we receive our reservation, uh, the way we live in a time that is pointed to uh, the the point of all of this is that we live in a time where the most emphasis is put on not uh, the manifold grace of God. You may I have a tissue, please. But it's been put on the fact that uh, what we're supposed to receive from God, not the manifold uh, grace that God has given, that we are to use, that he entrusted us uh, to manage and to distribute it, to manage, to supervise, to to put out there to others. We didn't took the grace that he had given us and then we put, uh, it as though it's ours and use it, excuse me, for what we want to use it for, how we want to use it, and, and, and with total disregard to God. I'm going to read verse 10 again. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The grace of God has been given to each and every one of us. And with that impartation, again, he didn't give it, See, and this is the problem, because we think that the the manifold grace of God that he's given us, we think that he gave it to us for us. Oh, he gave this to me. You know, come on, y'all understand what I'm saying here. Even our gifts and everything else, you know, he gave this to me. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, I got three kids and then I get one something that, you know, and, and they quickly, t- uh, and no, this is, dedicated gave this to me. This is mine. So what is happening? It's mine. And so we get that. But the metaphor, grace of God, when he gives it to his, his children, he don't give it to them for it to be mine he gives it to them for them to manage for his glory, first and foremost. And, the, and, 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 his, and what's going to glorify him is for them to take it and to manage it amongst the people that need the grace. Yes, yes. Jesus. Not for you to go and put it in the bank, in your bank, right. hide it under your pillow so you can keep it for yourself. For such a time as you need it. No, he gave it to you to manage it, to, dis- dis- to pass it on, to distribute it. Because that is what's going to bring him uh, uh, a return. Yes. That's good. Thank you, Lord. So the grace that he gives, he sends it out that not only, see, uh, for you to just to have, hold, and to keep, but for you to use, the, the distribute, and to manage uh, in there that when you come back to the to, to, to the master, that, that grace that he gave you, when you come back because you gave it out, then guess what? Here's one, two, three, four, some more coming. A harvest is coming. Yeah. Yes, Lord. It's not for us. It's for our use. For me, myself, and I. See, we too used to that me, myself, and I stuff. So this picture here, if you read through it, I pray that you will study this because we ain't even touched the brink of this. Jesus understood that his time here on the earth was just a vapor. His time here on earth, and ours is too. And this is the reason why he says in John chapter 9, verse 4, that we, in your Bible, when you read it, it may say I, but the original uh, text says we, must work while it's still day. Because the night is coming where no man can work. Let's go there real quick. John chapter 9. We must work while his, excuse me, we must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. For the night is coming where no man can work. See, this is the, the picture of, of what we got to understand of our time here is, is nothing but a vapor. And in, 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 in understanding that our time here is nothing but a vapor, it has to cause us to want. To uh, be the steward that God has made us, reserved us to be in there, because we don't have that much time in there. And see, the Bible says that for God, yo, know, our time and His time is different. For God, a day is as a thousand years. You see, but for us, our time. Yo, we don't have no thousand years here. So we must work the works of him who sent Jesus while it is still day. Because the night is coming, my friend. And the night is a representation of a time that no man can work. Jesus said it himself. We must work the works of him who sent the Christ, the one that we believe in. And there's no more time for all of this monkey business about what the kingdom of God is supposed to do for us when it's very clear that this is about the kingdom of God, us doing for the God, using us for the kingdom of God, what he wants. And all of these things shall be added unto you. We don't have to worry about what we should eat, what we should drink, and what we, all of these things that we need as we seek to do the will of God. Yes. So let us be encouraged today. We can't stay where we are, my friends. This is a serious thing. And I just pray because the half, I haven't even touched on half of the stuff, you know, in depth. And we'll just move forward as God uh, uh, speaks to our heart. If we have to stay here, then we need and found to expound on this even more than glory be to God. Because there's so much depth to this. It's about our faithfulness to do and to manage that which God has given us for the time that we have left here on this earth. And it ain't a long time. It's a vapor. Yeah. And we got to quit acting like it's, uh, you know, like we got forever. My friends, this is the warning. We got a call last night, we got to the football game, yo, uh, and, and, and uh, saying happy birthday on the, to, to Leslie's sister on the way to the football game, in the car. We get, in 10, 15 minutes later, we get to the, the football game, and about 15 minutes after that, we get a, a phone call. Not her sister, but uh, another sister, uh, of, of her, her brother-in-law's sister, just died right there on the spot. Gone. Gone. 60 years old. We celebrating 60 year old uh, birthday for Kathy. And here's uh, uh, Dina, 61, 62 years old, somewhere around there. And, and, and as we celebrating the birthday for her, she gone. The other one. A vapor. And we take this stuff for granted. And when she woke up that morning, it wasn't. It wasn't like she was sick, had no cancer or, or, or some deathly illness that she could die today. So when she woke up this morning, that morning, oh, she didn't have no inclination. She, it was farthest from her mind that today would be my day. Today is the day that my soul is required of me. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, my friend, we, none of us wake up with that thought on our minds that today is the day that our, my, our soul could be required of us. But the reality is, is that every day that you wake up could be the day that your soul is required of you. So this is the reason why we have to live each day with the proper understanding of managing, being the proper representative, the stewards of God and everything that he's entrusted us with for his glory and for the kingdom. This is the reason why we can no longer live for ourselves, but we have to live for him who died for us and rose again. Amen? Yes. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we hear your cry. I hear the urgency of your heart, Lord God, saying, if my people could truly understand, if they could just even get a glimpse that their they time of they stay here is only a vapor. Then there would be no time to waste or no time to lose that we would value each day and each moment, Lord God, that you have given us to use it and to manage it, Lord God, for your will and your way, not for our will and our way, Lord God. We will be careful in how we manage that which you've entrusted us with, Lord God, and this is the call that you've called us with today, Lord God, to be mindful, to change how we are living our lives, Lord God. That we no longer live it for ourselves, but we live it for you, Lord. Lord, we need you because we live in a time, Lord God, where it's just so much stuff that's being propagated to the body of Christ and to the church. There's so many characters that's being dangled before the children of God to live for themselves and it's about them and it's about what you're supposed to do for them. Even to the point when we don't get what we want that we mad at you, Lord God, as though we have some stand, leg to stand on. It's senseless, Lord God. So, Lord, we, we pray for a reformation in our understanding in the body of Christ, Lord God. Lord, we Plead with you to use us for a change, Lord God. That the power of your your of who you are, Lord God, can be manifested to a dark world. That it could be as in the days of Daniel, I uh uh and Mesh- Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Lord God, through their obedience. That the power that came from on high was able to be shown to the world, to king, to the king that, that made a decree that their only true God was Daniel's. God, and that all was to worship Daniel's God instead of worshiping the idols, Lord God, of the world. So we need you today, Lord God, to make this change in our lives, Lord, to help us, Lord God, to not allow us to be sidetracked by the cares of life and truly there are cares of life, truly there's things that's happening in life That's just the trick of the enemy to keep us sidetracked. So Lord, let us take this word, let us study to show ourselves approved that you might be able to endow us with your truth, Lord God, the truth that changes, the truth that sets free, the truth that puts us at liberty to live a life unto you, Lord God, and none other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God.